0: Hey guys, what's up? It's Greg Trisvosti with Find Your Film. This is an installment of the Cinema Hodgepod. It is pretty much an offshoot of our weekly episodes instead of actually, this is sort of the B-side of our podcast, which sometimes the B-sides are better than the A-sides. The A-side basically is our weekly Find Your Film podcast where we talk about movies that are coming out on a given week. We review about four or five films. We also do director spotlights. We recently did a director spotlight on filmmaker Jules Dassin, Check that out. We covered the movies Thieves Highway and Night in the City. Two great, great movies. Very quick question, not quick question, very quick thing before we start the hotspot. Some of the movies we're covering this week, we are recording Thursday. Actually, we're, we're recording Wednesday evening, and I will be putting out putting it out this Thursday. Some of the movies we are covering, reviewing this week are the Juliette Benoche film, both sides of the blade. I see here on the Google Doc. That Bruce has already seen it. Me and Eric have yet to seen it yet. Also, there is a movie called The Prey, Legend of Afghan Yeti. And it's starring Danny Trejo. Bruce saw that about a week ago. I still have to see this movie as well as Eric does. And me and Bruce, we saw this Netflix film, Netflix documentary called Girl in the Picture. And I can honestly, I don't know what Bruce, I think Bruce found that document documentary to be to be pretty solid. Really didn't want to give too much away about that one when we review it on Wednesday. By the time we review it, it should be out on Netflix. But for me, it's a definite solid recommend. It's a very—I'm not a big fan of these true crime documentaries. I'm sure a lot of you are. So, if you like ID or Discovery Channel, and whenever my mom is so into this kind of genre, she loved Girl in the Picture. Again, I'm not a big fan of true crime stuff, true crime docs. But this worked for me because Girl in the Picture didn't feel. Exploitive or sensationalistic. It just, they just told the actual factual story of the quote unquote girl in the picture. And I, I really don't even want to give too much away, even on the the normal podcast. I don't know if we're going to actually get into the nitty gritty of what the documentary is about. We'll give you pretty much a skeleton picture of what Girl in the Picture centers on. But yeah, it's worth, definitely worth watching. But I'm looking forward to just checking out both sides of the blades. I'm a Julie Binoche fan. There are some recommendations this week as well. Bruce and Eric, they both saw that recent movie, The Black Phone, starring Ethan Hawke and directed by Scott Derrickson. And they'll be talking about that movie on the recommendation section this week. And there's a, a movie directed by Larry Cohen called God Told Me To. The reason why Bruce, Bruce actually covered this, he saw this recently, or maybe even re- rewatched this recently on Shudder and God told me to will actually be coming out. I'm trying to remember the name of the Blu-ray company. I think they're called Blue Underground. They're coming out with a 4K Blu-ray release of it pretty soon, I think later this month. So we'll be talking more about that later this week for our Find Your Film episode. Bruce has also seen Promising Young Women as part of his What's in the Box segment. I haven't gotten to that as as yet. And yeah, I am under the gun. It is. It's a Monday evening have a lot of movies to watch. as per usual, but okay. So that is the main episode. This for this specific hodgepodge, you will hear a Eric Holmes talking to this husband and wife team of this podcast called Walk the Cinema Podcast. And Eric had a really good time talking to this husband and wife team as they did the Find Your Film game and they spotlighted the the career of Rob Reiner. So. Just play along with the find your film game. It's a very, it's a, we've, we've explained this before, but it's a very simple game to pick up. You, you look up, you go on imdb.com, you find an actor, or filmmaker, and then you start from the, the most recent credit from his or her movie credit. And then you work your way down the list. And by the end of this game, the, the people part, partaking in the game, they will, there will be one winner from from all of the films that he or she made. So, for example, I don't even know what the winner of this Rob Reiner thing is yet. I haven't QC'd it, quality controlled the interview yet. Haven't listened to the interview. But let's just say, maybe who knows? Maybe from this whole Rob Reiner Find Your Film game, it won't be A Few Good Men. It might might, might not be even Stand By Me. Who knows? Maybe the folks over at Walk the Cinema Podcast and Eric Holmes absolutely adored. I don't know North, or rumor has it, who knows. Check out the Find Your Film Game with Walk the Cinema Podcast and Eric Holmes as they get to a deep, not a deep dive on Rob Reiner, but a sort of a interesting, they play games, they play some games, the Find Your Film Game with Rob Reiner. That is for, that is the first segment. The second segment is Bruce Perky. He is a fan of the Etheria Film Festival, which is currently streaming on Shutter, and he gives pretty much a preview of what to expect if you are inclined. So- Again, I we've, we've got to do this. We have to get Bruce in some kind of get in bed, not, not literally figuratively with the, the folks at Shudder. He is such a fan of that streaming service. We've got to get that happening. Again, Ethereum Film Festival currently, as we speak, is streaming on Shudder. Rob Reiner, obviously, you can get his movies all over the place. Would love to hear what are some of your favorite Rob Reiner films as well. Have you checked out the Ethereum Film Festival? As far as rec- uh, recommendations from myself, I recently, before I started recording this little long-winded intro tonight, I saw, for the third time, About Time, About Time, which, as of this recording, currently streaming on the Stars channel, Stars Network, how do you say it? It's, it's on Stars. And if you haven't seen this movie with Rachel McAdams and Domino Gleason, Domino Gleason plays this young British guy who really wants to fall in love, and he might be able to fall in love because his father, played by Bill Nighy, tells him that the men in the family have a specific talent where they can time travel in the past and change events in their lives or alter them to no big real effect to civilization in and of itself, but maybe it might affect the actual family unit as you know. time might affect their intimate lives, but not the world outside them too much. Okay. So that is a premise for About Time. When you look at it, if you haven't seen it by now, you might be prejudging this movie when you're thinking Rachel Mac- McAdams might be a sweet romantic comedy, might be very innocuous. Maybe you weren't around the time when Rachel McAdams was in that. She was also in The Time Traveler's Wife. So you're thinking. Maybe there's just too many Rachel McAdams time travel movies out there. This movie, though, if you look past the time travel, look past the romantic comedy, if you're staying away from that, this movie because of those two elements and thinking it might be some kind of innocuous, sweet little movie, it's not. There's a lot of, it's really a realistic kind of look at what happens to, People's lives after you fall in love with someone. After what is it like to spend your life with the people you love? That's ultimately the way I can describe about, about time. So it's such a very touching movie. I saw this, I guess, the first time it came out, I think in 2013. Back then, my father was still alive. I saw it again several years back, and you know, my, my father passed the second time. By then he had, he had since passed and obviously that hit me definitely deeper the second time around. And now the third time around it's yeah, it's just, it's one of these movies that keeps on giving. Yeah. It was released in 2013, 124 minutes. Don't look at about time as some kind of really sweet and sticky romantic comedy. It's much, it's a lot deeper than that. And it's a lot more resonant and I feel that about time could really hit you on different levels of your life. So whoever's listening to this, if you're 20 or 30 or 40, this is one of those evergreen films that will continue to, if you get into the whole vibe of about time, it, could, it will continue to emotionally reverberate with you throughout your existence. That's what I, how I feel right now. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter of 70 from the critics, which is really not that important. And, and you know, I. I yeah, that's just critics. That's just people like me. Okay, geeky people like me. But the most important score, from from my estimation, is the audience score, which is eighty one percent. So I'm assuming a lot of people, a lot of you listeners, have already seen About Time because it stars Rachel McAdams. Some of you who love romantic comedies and might have gotten a real, a lot of bang for your buck after watching this movie and realizing how deep it is. And some of you guys out there who do not like this genre, I suggest you give this one a shot because it's not just a movie about falling in love with maybe your soulmate. It's also about if, whether, no matter what relationship you're in, if you've had some kind of really close relationship with your father or however you feel about your own, your own dad, I think about time, it's one of those things that will bring a lot of those conflicting and hopefully positive emotions out regarding your own father. All right. So that is my pick this hodgepodge is my recommendation is about time written and directed by richard curtis you might know curtis from his previous film he wrote and directed love actually which is obviously every every year it's one of the ultimate christmas movies and he's also the screenwriter behind Notting hill and i believe he penned the screenplay as well to four weddings and a funeral i believe i believe that's correct anyways so yeah about time my big recommendation this week cinema hodgepodge here we go. First segment again, Eric Holmes with walk this with the Walk the Cinema podcast, husband and wife team, and then we're going to close it out with Bruce Berkey and his Spooky Shutter recommendation, which is the Etheria Film Festival. Thank you guys so much for listening to us on the Find Your Film podcast. Join us over at the our Cinematics Facebook group. We have really a, a big part of our community is we have some really great cinephiles who support not just our podcast, but give daily movie recommendations. And they also give away digital codes. There's just a really cool bunch over at the Cinematics Facebook group. I'll leave a link on our show notes for that, as as well as information regarding the folks over at the Walk the Cinema podcast. Thanks to them for joining our Find Your Film crew, specifically Eric Holmes, for this installment of the Cinema Hotspot. See you guys later this week as well for our next episode of Find Your Film thanks again for all your support take care
1: i'm eric i'm here with g and kate with the walk the Cinema podcast and you guys do a you guys do a podcast on the youtube and essentially guys uh you walk the cinema mm-hmm. so you can talk the cinema uh um, mantra
2: <laughs> yeah you
1: guys basically uh you guys uh sometimes you have guests i i am an upcoming one, so that'll yes, be fun. Yes, yes. You guys will basically pick a uh, pick a movie and just kind of deep dive on it. So I guess how did that get started?
2: I guess it was kind of just a COVID lockdown project to begin with. We had a lot of time, everyone did, so why not talk about what we really like? It's, it's fun to have people react to it and tell us that they watched the movie because of us, so that's why we kept going. Mm-hmm. And now we're not in lockdown and we still do this because it's really fun and we meet really good people and watch good movies
3: yeah and it started out because we were um long distance during covid mm-hmm. so it was kind of like a, a thing that we could do because we used to watch movies together but then i was like oh we, maybe we should like talk about it it'd be kind of fun it'd be like a nice little hobby to get into and then yeah mm-hmm. kind of continued
1: well fun fun we have a thing uh that i usually do with my brother This is the first time I'm cheating on him and I'm doing it with you. guys. (laughs) Uh, But we call it the finer film game. Uh, We basically pick a uh, actor, uh, writer, director. We pick someone and we go on their IMDb page and start with their most recent movie and then work our way down to find out which one we think is the best one. Um, That usually changes depending on who's playing along. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't think there's going to be any ties because there's three of us here. So, uh, <laughs> but I wanted you guys to pick the uh, the person we're doing the IMDb game, and I don't know what this is yet. So this will be this will be fun for me as well. So who yeah. are we uh, choosing?
3: Um, so we thought long and hard about this, but we finally decided on Rob Reiner.
1: Rob Reiner. Yes. All right, let me. Oh, let me pull him up IMDb. All right, and I'm guessing we're doing Rob Reiner as a director. I, yeah, I think he's a got director. a few acting credits, but he, probably not. He-
3: yeah, I think his actor roles are more like cameos and stuff a lot of the time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, Actually, he does and, have. He's got a bunch. Yeah, of he's actors. got a lot. Like I think through
3: these, I mostly, maybe had like three or four. Yeah, they're mostly cameos, and the, you know, there's a there's a couple that he's in, like he's an actual mm-hmm. character, but yeah. he I think does a lot of.
2: I think it's a good pick because he's coming out with the sequel to his first movie that he did in the seventies.
1: Which one?
2: That Spinal Tap this is oh, okay that's getting a sequel so all we're right. gonna, before that becomes the best movie in his works we're gonna talk about the other ones i guess all
1: right well we gotta we gotta get mixed here um usually we go kind of uh we start off with uh who like what we think is gonna win mm. um but his is not quite that prolific so maybe we'll uh just kind of go through and um this'll yeah, this will probably go pretty quick. And now, like, um, there's going to be some I can see already there's some that I haven't seen. So I usually uh, usually if we usually if it's me and my brother, if we haven't seen it, we'll just kind of skip it um, yeah. or say, I don't know. Or uh, in, in some cases, like I've seen it and he hasn't. So he'll just say, I'll just I'll just go with whatever you say. <laughs> um but uh it looks like we'll be doing i'll be doing a lot of that deferring to you guys a lot um looks like we're starting with uh it's got a movie called shock and awe in 2017 and mm-hmm. lbj in 2016 and i've seen neither one of those so
2: i have n- not seen either one of those either um, i think recently he hasn't been doing his best work so
3: yeah i know that with L- lbj i think i saw parts of that one um i did not see shock and awe but the LBJ was kind of just from the parts that I did see, it was kind of just whatever run yeah. of the mill type movie that you'd kind of not go out of your way to see. Mm-hmm. I think you wanted to do more with it, but it just kind of
2: It came looks off as, I mean it looks pretty standard. Yeah. But like yeah, a standard I haven't seen it. like biopic type thing. He has been well, doing good. a lot of underwhelming work, I would say. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, by default, that means LBJ is winning so far. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, so LBJ currently is the best Rob Reiner movie ever made. And yeah. now we go uh, move on down the road with uh, LBJ and Being Charlie. Also another one I've not seen.
2: This was like well, like one of his smaller projects. It's okay, I guess.
3: I remember like the, my, I had a couple <laughs> of friends in high school that were really into Being Charlie. Because it's about like this uh, guy's drug addicted son Mm-hmm. and, like, his, his his road to rehab and that kind of thing. And they were all really into it, I think, mostly because they liked um, the guy who played uh, the main character. Um, so, again, it's just kind of whatever. I think probably LVJ is a little bit better than being Charlie in terms of, like, enjoyability for the public.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of movies that we're going to get to soon that the public likes that I really don't. So.
3: Yeah, I think, like, Rob Reiner... Ha- like you said he hasn't been doing his best work in recent years yeah. i think like in the 90s and 80s and 70s were like his mm-hmm. his peak rob reinerness yeah and like his newer stuff is kind of boring
2: i'd say a little bit yeah so it, it kind goes. of feels like there's no magic to anything anymore
3: yeah
1: so we go on lbj or being charlie
3: uh, so i'll, I'll yeah. still go with lbj all right
1: that makes all right. sense. and so it goes no, and so it goes is the name of his next movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen this. I have one. not seen it either.
1: So. All right, so we'll skip past that one. We have got the yeah. Magic of Belle Isle.
2: That's another one that's okay. I feel like he really likes working with like, you know, the people that came up at the same time as him, and now are just like older actors that everyone recognizes, and that can be fun. But the movies don't turn out great, and this is one of them that's like okay, I would say. And if you like, skip a couple down to like the bucket list. The same opinion I have about this, I have about the bucket list, where it's just okay. It feels like he's trying to do like a something that he enjoys with his friends, but I don't know. The public seems to like those movies.
3: Yeah, I think that Morgan Freeman in this is uh, what draws people to to that to to this movie at least. But
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, like you said, it's kind of again whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So I'd say LBJ is still winning, unfortunately. L- LBJ
1: <laughs> is cleaning up today. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one's a TV. I don't know. If the- usually we skip past TV, but this is TV movie. Uh, yeah. eight, And I'm not familiar with that either.
2: No, no I, I don't think many that. people are.
1: Doesn't seem to have a lot of people watching it. Yeah. All right. Uh, then we got Flipped.
3: This is another movie that I watched when I was <laughs> in high school, I think. Mm -hmm. And I just, I remember the day very vividly because I was spending, I had had not gone home the entire weekend that weekend. And I was, I just kind of like skipped to different friends houses. And I was on my, it was like a Sunday afternoon. I was at my friend's house and she turned this movie on and I was like, "Mm, I don't think this is going to be that great. And it, it was okay. It's kind of cute. It's about these two eighth graders that our friends and like the girl is has has had a major crush on him her whole childhood um and she's finally like "Mm, whatever you know I I need to move on and then and then now the the eighth grade boy now has a crush on her and it's kind of like navigating like puberty and it's like a coming of age yeah it's like
2: a cutesy coming of age comedy yeah probably his best modern work
3: yeah, I'd say it's, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good, like coming of age story. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cute. Um, LBJ it can,
2: move aside. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it gets a little um, cheesy, but I think a lot of coming of age movies are a little cheesy.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind um, of his bread and butter, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not as prolific as some of his other ones, I'd say, but
2: yeah, we'll um, get to the good ones soon.
3: I'd say it does beat out LBJ though.
1: All right. Yeah. But at LBJ, you got rose. You got flipped. (laughs) Um, So uh, flipped is now the greatest Rob Reiner movie ever made. And flipped is going now. I've seen parts of this one. The bucket Mm -hmm. list. Mm -hmm. I would vote for that one just because I've seen parts of it. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) what what do you guys? What do you guys think?
2: I don't like that one. I don't get the appeal of it. It's like pretty high rated on IMDb, Mm -hmm. but I don't like it at all. I mean, not at all. It's fine. It's whatever.
3: I think, again, it has, like, the draw of having two pretty big Mm -hmm. um, actors from, like, you
2: know, older... Yeah, it's two old men doing a to-do list. I understand why people are endeared to that. But the movie itself, I don't understand why so many people like it. I think it's a little below mediocre, but not awful.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like... um... Oh, what's that movie called? That's the the one with Morgan Freeman. That's the shopping.
2: Ten items or less.
3: Yeah, ten items or less. That that's a lot of, better. I mean, it's a lot better, but <laughs> that's what it kind of feels like. It's kind of like a I don't know
2: a it's, feel good ish movie. It's cutesy. Yeah. I mean, they're dying, so I don't know if you feel good. But so are you gonna are you gonna put that above or below flipped? Below, one hundred
3: percent. Okay. All
1: right.
3: I, I I'm still gonna go with flipped.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so one
2: for bucket list
1: all right so now we got uh flipped and rumor has it again i've seen parts of this one that mm-hmm. were uh they think the mom or the grandma or it was the basis of the movie the graduate
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay i would go with this also by default because i've seen parts of it <laughs> but uh <they're, laughs> you guys you guys are the experts here so i'll defer to you i
2: despise this <laughs> I, I really do i think it's terrible
3: why do you think it's terrible? It's I think it's te- whatever. It's like a- no,
2: I just think it's terrible. It's so bad. There's just nothing good to say about it. But you could say a couple of good things.
3: I mean, I'm a <laughs> sucker for like those kind of silly rom coms, and this is kind of a silly rom com. Mm. Maybe it's not my favorite one. I would never like pick it over, say, like a Legally Blonde or
2: <laughs> I don't know, a proposal. I put this at the bottom. I think this is the worst. Rob Reiner. Mm that's crazy
1: rumor has it that you guys are choosing this one or flipped
3: we're gonna go with flipped i guess i'm gonna
1: go with flipped you can do your own thing
2: All right.
3: actually you know what i am gonna go with rumor has it because okay. i think it's it is more i think it's more enjoyable in terms of like watchability i feel like flipped you kind of have to be in a mood rumor has it i feel like you can just kind of put it on and yeah and have a somewhat enjoyable experience mm-hmm.
1: So normally, I would be the tiebreaker here, but I don't feel good about it because I've only <laughs> seen parts of Rumor Has It and Flipped, so I'm going to flip a coin.
3: Nice,
1: nice. Okay. Uh, we're going to do Heads, Flipped, Tails, Rumor Has It. Okay, Sounds good. Okay. All right. Uh, we got Tails, Rumor Has It. Right. So right now, Rumor Has It is the greatest <laughs> Rob movie that, that ever that, been. Yeah. A- I don't like in that. But.
2: Yeah,
3: I feel like, you know... <laughs> It'll get better. It it's not going to end on on rumor has it. No,
1: we'll warm up. I guess <laughs> uh, next we got another TV movie, Everyday Life. Is that someone yeah. want to go on or
2: never mm, saw it?
1: No, uh, Alex and Emma. Never saw that either.
3: I I saw parts of it, but not enough to I think like yeah. remember much of it. I do know it has one of the the Wilson brothers, the the one that's in um Legally Blonde, Luke Wilson.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs>
3: yeah It's For another some reason
1: when you said the wilson brothers i was thinking wilson phillips i'm like oh which one was it
3: no 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 <laughs> Owen Wilson, luke wilson yeah
1: mm-hmm. uh, oh go yeah. ahead
3: oh it's just another i think it's just another rom-com with kate hudson so it was like an early 2000s you know that's kind of where they yeah i think have remained their like that their they,
1: were. or they didn't they do fool's gold and
3: yeah, maybe yeah, that's right. yeah. He, I know Luke was in both Legally Blonde's around the same time, like yeah, two thousand one <laughs> and two thousand three or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh wait, wait. I, I, I'm thinking Matthew McConaughey. Never oh know.
3: yeah, 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 yeah. Kate Hudson was in one with him. um How to lose a guy in ten days?
1: Hmm. Which, that one's an iconic one.
3: No, that one's pretty yeah. iconic. But you know how
1: you lose a guy in ten days? Make him watch Rumor Has It. But yeah.
2: <laughs> Right.
1: There. Yeah. Uh so the next one we got is the story of us.
2: Haven't seen that in a long time. I know that one's a little more mature, it is is mm-hmm. rated.
3: Yeah, and it's about like a married couple mm-hmm. and like their struggles through their their marriage. Mm-hmm. So it is a little bit more, I don't know,
2: adult adult, yeah. yeah. Especially compared to flipped.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think it's probably around like the same themes, you know, like mm-hmm. About like a couple, like you know.
2: Mm-hmm. I
3: think that's kind of. Yeah. I think he he might like those types of movies where he can tell like stories between two people.
2: Yeah. I don't know, but so far this seems very <laughs> underwhelming. So I'm just <laughs> waiting for the good good movies that he made because he made a uh, lot of good we're, ones.
1: We're we're getting there. Um, yeah.
3: So I'd say, still, rumor has it takes the cake on that one.
1: All right. So the next one is uh, normally we would skip shorts. But mm-hmm. just to just to, for anyone following along at home, uh, just to explain kind of one of the rules. One of the rules we have is franchise rule. Mm-hmm. So let's say we're doing Robert Downey Jr. and we get to one of the like Avengers Endgame. We'll just we'll just have that encapsulate all the movies in which he played Tony Stark. So it's a franchise rule. So whether it's mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame, Iron Man Three, Iron Man, whichever one. Pick whichever one is your favorite, and that's the one you're going with. Uh, The only reason I bring that up is because we got a video short, Spinal Tap, The Final Tour. Mm
2: -hmm. So
1: this will obviously count with the actual Spinal Tap.
2: Yeah.
1: So rumor has it, or Spinal Tap.
2: Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap all the way. Spinal Tap is a super important step up for mockumentaries. It's super funny. It's one of the funnest comedies I've ever seen, personally. Mm -hmm. And it just works every single time. And the story behind it, that people were actually fooled into thinking it's a real band.
3: Yeah, that it was like a real documentary. Yeah. He was like following her. Like, they didn't know that Rob Reiner was in, was playing the director in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know.
2: Because he was no one. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. That was the movie that made him. And, yeah, we have an episode about that because we like it so much so yeah, yeah. this is Spinal Tap
1: yeah absolutely it's definitely
3: one of my favorite mockumentaries mm-hmm. and movies in general
1: well I have seen Spinal Tap so I will <laughs> go sign on everything you said yeah uh so we got Spinal Tap or Ghosts of Mississippi I, don't think I, I can... this sounds familiar but I think I'm thinking Ghosts in the Darkness which I don't think is this movie uh because it's a different title and it's Rob <laughs> Renner <laughs>
2: I'm not sure if I've seen it because it just looks like such a standard drama. Mm-hmm. It has a standard drama poster and stuff, so I, I don't even remember if I've seen it. Yeah, but, but even if, if I had, I don't think you'd overtake Spinal Tap. Yeah,
3: there's no way. But it's not like super poorly rated. I'd say in terms of like how many people have rated it. So maybe that's mm-hmm. maybe that's a uh, something we have to look forward to watching at some point.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right, so. I think we're finally in the part of the Rob Reiner uh, filmography where we're going to start we're going to start making decisions. And this is one for me because I am a huge Aaron Sorkin fan. The American President. Mm. But we'll see where you guys land on this. It's definitely interesting.
2: It's not but it's not as interesting as this is Spinal tap to me. It's not as funny. It it is it is like when we start to get to his better works. So that's good news. But I don't think it could overtake this is final tap but it is solid
3: i'm I'm gonna let you handle this one because i don't think i've
2: ever seen that one i just i think it's a solid like movie it's a very interesting concept but this is final tap is just so good
1: <laughs> works for me next up we have uh north mm. I, hmm. is this the is this the one it was like uh i think maybe it was set in alaska let click on this real quick. This sounds... Uh, nope. Not Never. at all what I was thinking of. It has a little baby Elijah Wood and
2: mm-hmm. half of the cast of Seinfeld. All right, oh,
3: so. Leslie Smollett's on that, too. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah,
1: it's it's a good, uh,
2: big cast.
3: Yeah. I don't think I ever saw this one. No,
2: before. I haven't seen it yeah. either.
1: I, I'm trying to think of what movie I'm thinking of. There was, like, some... Uh, I thought it was North... Maybe North something, but it was, like... a... I thought it was set in Alaska about like getting a hockey team together hmm. i don't know maybe that i just does made sound that.
3: familiar but i don't I can't remember yeah. what it would be or
1: like that, this is gonna be one of those things that bug me all day but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see We still got spinal taps and the next up is a few good men can you guys handle the truth <laughs> did you order the code red tell me now <laughs> classic it is a classic it
3: is and it's got it's got a ton of like
1: i haven't seen it in a while
3: yeah it's been a while since i've seen it but it does have a pretty iconic cast you know yeah it's got pretty much anybody kind of want to rewatch it now but yeah in the 90s you know you still have jack nicholson tom cruise who was pretty pretty big and is big now considering
1: his movie's
3: (laughs) breaking records yeah his movie's breaking records right now crazy um but I still think I like This is final
2: mm-hmm. Tap more. I will say A Few Good Men is probably, like, the best military courtroom drama. Mm-hmm. They always kind of... I always kind of like them to some point, but I think this is my favorite, but it's still not better than This is final Tap.
1: I, I'm trying to think of, like, military courtroom dramas. I almost want to push uh, push uh, Paths of Glory above it, mm-hmm. but that's only, like, a third a courtroom drama. The other third's a prison movie, the yeah, other third's kind of... a war movie. Yeah. <laughs>
2: there's counts yeah i'll count uh i would count passive glory but that's that's one that i don't know not my favorite kubrick either so
1: yeah so we're going to a few good men or spinal tap spinal Spinal tap tap. spinal tap knocked out a few good men they ordered the code red and yeah (laughs) uh next up we have is misery
2: this is gonna be hard for me i love misery
3: (laughs) my uh fun fact my mom and my sister tried to watch this movie um a couple days ago and uh the, before i knew what movie they were watching they like called me on facetime and were like they were like oh we just watched this movie or we tried to we had to turn it off it was so bad and i was like what movie is it and They're like i think it's called misery hmm. and i was like the one directed by rob reiner they're like yeah it was awful
2: no it's not <laughs> awful it's the best C- kathy Baines performance it's Rob Reiner has t- two Stephen King adaptations that are really, really good. And this is, like, either number one or number two my favorite Stephen King adaptations. It's just so iconic to me. And it's just such a scary story that I think a lot of, like, famous people would relate to, of, like, being scared of their fans going crazy. I don't know. It's so good. I really like it.
1: Yeah, I think, I think Misery hobbles Spinal Tap. Um, and no, the puns will not stop.
3: <laughs> i'm still gonna vote for this a spinal tap but i think
1: i i i think you lost i here think i now. lost
2: so that's okay all
1: right and it also misery like uh, the of the stephen king adaptations i think that one's like one of the one that I, I don't think it's my favorite but it's certainly in the in the upper tier of stephen king movies yeah actually that shoot now that i think it was stephen king would be a good one of these to do I just go down Not the... Down.
2: Yeah,
3: that's Stephen King attitude. Yeah, there's a lot of them.
1: <laughs> so Misery is the greatest Rob Reiner movie ever made. And that actually doesn't sound like as much of a joke as I said. No, it that sounds very real. Time. Yeah. Uh, so now we got Misery and When Harry Met Sally.
3: <laughs> I do love me a good rom-com, but this one always annoyed me so much. Yeah, I, I don't could care never, for it. I could never watch it. In its totality, ever I think I've seen the whole movie, just not in one sitting or in like one time frame. I just I've never liked the concept.
2: Yeah, of I, it. I don't really like it. It is like super highly regarded yeah. rom-com, but I I don't.
3: I know a lot of people who who love it and who think it's one of the greatest rom-coms of all time, but for me, it's kind of just down to personal preference. I never liked it, so yeah i'd vote for missouri over this
1: yeah same um all right this one's tough uh the princess bride
2: Mm. i let her talk
1: yeah (laughs) i'm I'm leaving this on both y'all
2: i (laughs) love the princess
3: bride so much it's one of those movies that i grew up on it was one of the only vhs's that i had
2: yeah, now you, you know. have the Criterion Blu-ray, so yeah. how far you've come.
3: Yeah, it's definitely, a, I've upgraded, <laughs> but uh, I, I would watch this pretty much every weekend, at least once or twice, and I think <laughs> it's, a gra- it's a great little, like, book adaptation, because it was based on a on a novel, which I haven't read, but
1: it's, it's always uh, been, like... Uh, it was uh, Will and Goldman. He wrote mm-hmm. the screenplay, and he wrote the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, guy, yeah. That, that guy's a pretty good writer, too, so...
3: Yeah, I've always wanted to read it. It's 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 always been on my list. I just never have gotten around to it. Mm. But I love the movie. It's, it's good, really iconic. I think, and they did like that uh that COVID thing for it, mm. where they had like different actors and actresses. Yeah. Like, oh,
1: they did the the read through.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Those are fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I I think everyone who's in it does a fantastic job at like bringing their character to life and I think you know they did a really good job with like Andre the Giant being Mm -hmm. you know
2: yeah the characters are super iconic yeah it's just the story that I don't care too much for Mm. I think it's very funny and I think all the performances are great but I'm not a girl (laughs) (laughs) I don't care for princess stories I mean I I do like this movie a lot but
3: I'm I'm gonna vote for for the princess
1: bride I gotta go with misery (laughs) i'm gonna flip a coin (laughs) i I do not i I love both the movies i i'm uh so yeah we go heads misery tails the princess bride sounds good uh we got tails but don't worry that only means that misery is mostly dead
3: yeah not Um. completely dead
1: Uh, we got another tough one. Uh, we got The yep. Princess Bride and Stand By Me. Another fantastic uh, Stephen King adaptation, I think. Yeah,
2: yeah. This is my favorite Stephen King adaptation. I'm just gonna say that. I think, I think this is better than Misery. I think those are my favorite, my favorite two Stephen King. But I'm gonna go with Stand By Me. I think it's the best coming of age story adventure film mm-hmm. ever. And that's like a big statement, but. It's such an iconic, cool adventure that these kids go on. And I think, I don't know, when I was a kid watching this, I was always jealous that they had that type of friendship and they would go on this cool adventure and make memories. And it still stuck with me. And I think it's just so great.
3: Yeah, this was a tough one for me because, I, I mean, the Princess Bride has like the nostalgia aspect for me. Whereas I didn't watch Stand By Me, I think, until 2019, I think, was the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty recent. Um, Is it,
1: does it still hold up then?
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it does. I think yeah. it's still I, the best. I, yeah. it, it's
1: always because I, I watched Stand By Me a bunch as a kid. Yeah. And uh you know, like when you watch a movie as a kid, it's hard to say if it holds up as an adult because mm-hmm. yeah. you haven't seen it. You've seen it as an adult, but you haven't seen it fresh as an adult. Yeah, where it's always fun to like uh pick a movie from your youth and then have an adult watch it that's never seen it before and see what they think of it. Right.
3: Yeah, yeah. I feel like I've done that a lot with him. Like, here's my childhood I mean, I, classics. I did that
2: with Star Wars.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The first
2: time I watched Star Wars is like 2018. Maybe 2019, yeah. And it just doesn't hit me the same as mm-hmm. a lot of people do. That makes sense. Yeah. That.
3: But with with Sam I mean, I did. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really moving and touching story. And yeah, you're kind of like it made me nostalgic because like I did have a friendship group when I was growing mm-hmm. up that was really close like that that would pretty much like do anything for everybody and no. you know.
2: Yeah, so. Even if you haven't seen it as a kid. It makes you nostalgic for your own childhood to see this these kids just having so much fun and being mm-hmm. free. Yeah.
3: yeah, and I it's think like
2: everyone it. wants to be a kid again and be free and free of worries.
3: Yeah, and I definitely like went into it thinking like that movie was going to be kind of weird and um, something I wouldn't enjoy because the premise of it sounds so like bizarre. Like it's these <laughs> children going to try to locate the dead body.
2: Yeah, so they of can somebody stick a the corpse, like flick at it with a stick and yeah. see what it does
3: but when when i watched it it was like very pleasantly surprised mm. that it was more of like the coming of age and about the journey to get there and not so much like the the gross horniness of it i guess mm-hmm. of, of children
2: but, finding it, a dead body it's really
1: well handled it's almost like it but without the clown
2: yeah yeah it yeah. is not very good i will say that the the original like two part series it's not very good the remake is a little better this is scarier but it is similar with the friend groups and them doing stuff they're a little scared of but this is just so much better and more just connected to everyone it's so much more human yeah
1: Yeah. i also think that it's um like in it when uh, the they're threatened by the the clown, or when they're threatened by Pennywise, or even uh, was the the bully kid's name, when they're threatened by them, it's like kind it's of uh, almost like horror movie threatening. And Stand by <laughs> Me seems real because there's yeah. no supernatural elements. It's like oh fucking Kiefer was gonna fuck them up. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> like, right. <I> <laughs>
3: yeah, and you get to see like really good performances from the kids. Like they're all very. They, they they do their, their job very well.
2: And also, like, them being scared of, like, the junkyard guy. Mm-hmm. That feels like such a kid thing, where you're just scared of this adult that looks different and scary. It's probably a normal guy trying not to, you know, get his stuff destroyed. But, yeah, everyone remembers as a kid being scared of the weird neighbor. Mm-hmm. I, I just love this movie.
3: Yeah, and it also <laughs> talks about, like, you know it goes into the to the part where they they grew up and some of them you know were friends and they some of them weren't they like grew up and like did their own thing
1: Mm -hmm. so
3: I think that also adds because you know I I did watch it at a time where I was like in in college uh most of the friends that I had that I was really close like that with like I don't talk to anymore they're all doing their own thing they're like in different states like everyone is kind of yeah like moved on, but those 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 years where we were together and we were friends are like really meaningful. So it like hit me at a good time. So I think that I, as much as I love The Princess Bride, I think objectively, Stand By Me might be the better movie and the better mm. maybe the better adaptation. This was
2: shocking to me. I did not think you were going to say that at all.
3: I think it, the the more I think about it, the more I I I'm trying to like take away the. The nostalgic feeling I feel about Princess Bride okay. because I love
2: Princess Bride. This is Bride. shocking. I never thought you'd pick anything over the Princess Bride. But,
3: yeah, I'll go with stand by me.
1: Yeah. All right, so, uh looks like uh, Princess Bride dropped the comb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was trying to come up with the uh, thing for uh, throwing up pie, but I couldn't do that. <laughs> um, and I think we are coming. Oh, so we got the sure thing. Stand by is me it- and the sure thing.
2: I did never watch the Sure Thing. Have you seen I, it? I think
3: I saw it a really long time ago, but don't really remember much, much about it. And it definitely, I think, would pale in comparison to Stand by Me, The Princess Bride, Spinal Tap. You know, all of these things. That yeah, it's
2: did. it's it's a hard one. It's it's a hard one to beat.
1: Yeah, so. uh, I saw the Sure Thing. Said so John Cusack joined so, uh, but. Yeah, I think uh, Stand By Me stands head and shoulders above uh, most things on this list, quite honestly.
2: Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And then the next one we have, we already covered Spinal Tap uh, above. So I think that is it. We got Likely Stories Volume 1, a TV movie, and Sunny Boy, a TV movie. Do any of those i
2: don't
3: think no i think the the earliest one we watched was like that this is i think spinal
2: tap is the one everyone considers its first movie
3: yeah it's his first like movie i think he did for the big screen Mm -hmm. i think the other two are just and it's it's great
2: it's a great place to start Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah i think i think stand by me deserves the top spot
3: i'm satisfied with that (laughs) as much as i love the princess bride
1: Mm -hmm. so congratulations uh, stand By Me. You are the greatest Rob Reiner movie ever made. Uh, looks like we got uh, you mentioned Spinal Tap 2 earlier that's in pre-production mm-hmm. and Albert Brooks Defending My Life, a documentary is should be coming out next year uh, apparently it's filming now yeah. what, is, what is this? A documentary about the comedian and filmmaker Albert Brooks which includes interviews from Sharon Stone, Larry David, James L. Brooks, Conan O'Brien, Sir Silverman and Jonah Hill uh, all right. The Talking Head documentary about Albert Brooks. It looks like.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Uh, <laughs> I think it be better than "Step Me.
3: <laughs> oh, but I, I doubt that the 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 sequel to this is "Final Tap" is going to be better than than "Stand By Me" or the original. It could, be, it
2: could surprise us.
3: It could. I I am looking forward to it. because yeah, it think... can't
2: have the magic of the first one where people were legitimately confused what the hell this was. Yeah. Because you know it's been done now, but it, yeah. it could still be really funny.
3: I think it's even funnier that it fooled people when, like, the drummer literally like bursts into flames at the end, <laughs> or like he just poofs. He can he combusts. Yeah,
2: the story of all the, how all the drummers die.
3: Yeah,
2: and people believe that. It's yeah, crazy. they're like,
3: oh yeah. I don't think people sense. believe
2: believe, but they were like confused. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> somebody.
1: I'm just thinking of, like, a, what do they call them legacy sequels. Like, sequels to a movie that came out, like, 20, Mm -hmm. 30 years ago, something like that.
3: Yeah, Yeah. like the Top Uh,
1: Gun (laughs) Maverick. Yeah, Top Gun Maverick. I I like that one. Uh, Beavis and Butthead, Do the Universe, I thought Mm -hmm. was good. Um, Like, Avatar
2: is one of those.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, that that remains to be seen, Um, but... They usually doesn't work. Like with the with the Ghostbusters is the. Yeah. Um, I I didn't see the newest one. It's the the reboot, and I haven't seen the the Jason Reitman one. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's any other ones where they they took forever to make a sequel, and then it was still good.
3: Still good. Ugh, I don't know. Hmm. The I lander Lander kind of,
1: two kind of that that yeah. kind of came in. It, a, it, it, it was fine, but even still, yeah. it's like why.
3: Yeah, it's kind of like on par with the first one, but it, it still—I feel like Zoolander had like that—that that thing that it was new, and yeah. so doing it again—that's the same premise. It was kind of like it's still funny. It still had a couple laughs, but it's not as like I'd say ma- magical
2: yeah, I mean, as
3: the first one.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying about Spinal Tap. When you do something for the first time and it's new and no one has seen it, it's just so much more special than doing it again mm-hmm.
1: yeah i think mean, yeah, i'm also kind of yeah. curious of what the like what the hook would be because spinal tap was kind of sending up uh bands of the time
3: mm-hmm. and
1: the the bands like spinal tap don't exist today yeah like they exist and <laughs> that bands existed that you can yeah. find their music but they don't you know unless it's a throwback band that that's i think a band like spinal the- taps not the band that's gonna take the world by storm
2: it yeah. could be like a joke like, the whole movie be a joke about, like, rock stars that didn't grow out of it.
3: Yeah, like, Poison yeah. still, still yeah. performing. And like, stuff.
2: being Brett Michaels, 60, and performing songs that you used to perform for teenagers, and those teenagers are in their 40s and 50s now, and you're still doing the same thing. Yeah, They kind of joke about that in the first one, where they say they don't want to be a rock star when they're 40. Yeah, And, like, dress in leather and do concerts when they're old. But a lot of bands still do it. Gene Simmons is very okay with doing makeup and sticking a stung out. Still, yeah.
3: Oh, it's the ones that have like the masks that they were slipknot. Slipknot, yeah. Uh,
1: well, Slipknot I always look. look the same age because they're behind the mask. Yeah, yeah
3: they wear the mask. You know, like <laughs> what we were watching something that it like criticized
1: Slipknot, I and I
3: don't remember what it was, <laughs> but it was criticizing that they're you know old, I guess, and still doing the same thing that they were doing It's like,
2: like when the machine gun kelly songs come on and it's like this man is in his mid-30s singing about being in love with an emo girl and it's just not believable and it's just kind of a little pathetic in my opinion
1: but <laughs> you know, you gotta i don't do know what you gotta do. i think that maybe, maybe if he wrote it in his
3: <laughs> yeah i don't know
1: if he's 50 years old and writing that it's like oh, that's a little creepy but if he's <laughs> yeah. 50 years old and singing a song he wrote in his 20s it's like hey, yeah see.
3: yeah it's just like nostalgia i guess you know yeah but i mean people criticize uh Curly ray jepson when she was 30 and she did the call me maybe song like you're 30 and you're just singing about like
2: yeah it feels teenagery. yeah yeah and it's for teenagers but yeah
3: yeah so maybe they'll maybe they'll take that angle where it's like but I mean that's kind of what the first movie was anyway. Like they yeah. were doing their farewell tour that nobody wanted to go to. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you also have to you also have to keep in mind that uh you have to pay attention to lyrics. And I don't think many people do. That's why people use two out of three ain't bad at their wedding. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want you I need you but there ain't no way I'm ever going to love you at your wedding?"
3: Yeah, it's like mm-hmm.
2: we didn't do that.
3: No. <laughs>
1: But anywho, this is good having you guys on, and uh, we will have to do this again sometime. Yeah. In fact, I, I'm always doing it with Steve, so it, it's nice having a different, uh, actually, maybe me and Steve will do one of these and see where we come up with, that might be a waste of time, because we'll probably end up with Stand By Me too, but.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's a pretty. Uh,
2: it's that good. Yeah, it, it is really like is.
3: A, a definite, like, this is, this is good. But, he uh, has a lot
2: of definites, this is good, but.
3: Yeah. He has a lot of also ones that are just kind of
1: yeah. He's got, the, he's got his good ones yeah. in the front half. The back half's kind of yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, but we'll we'll see if he, yeah. he, he makes if he makes a, a comeback.
1: Yeah. Spinal um, tattoo will be the one to bring everyone around.
3: Yeah.
1: So real quick, uh before I let you go, uh, maybe you can explain where someone can get one of these guys right here. Uh oh, you guys have your merch and uh where they can find uh where they can listen to you guys.
2: Uh, if you like just Google walk the cinema or look that up in any podcast platform, or if you want to go to Linktree slash walk to cinema, you'll have all the platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google podcast, and the Teespring that has t-shirts and hoodies and mugs. I think that's about it. Stickers. And we're actually going to have a t-shirt for the episode that we do with Eric. Sweet. And that's going to come out at the same time as the episode. So if the episode's out, the T-shirt's out, the sticker's awesome. out.
1: <laughs> I'm getting one. I'm getting uh, get three of them. <laughs> All right. So uh, Bruce does a What's in the Box segment. and I damn near forgot to ask you guys about this before I let you go. But he has a What's in the Box segment where, uh, you know, any listeners or people, uh, guests we have on the show, uh, anyone can uh, pick a movie that they really like and then bruce will put it in the box and eventually he'll pick it out and watch that movie and i guess it it can be any movie but usually people kind of go for uh like lesser seen ones like why this one's so good and no one ever watches Mm -hmm. it and this is a movie that you can kind of force someone to watch specifically bruce Mm, this
2: is a lot of power i know it
1: is and now you can go you can go this movie's really great or this movie is a piece of shit i had to do it if I suffer, you suffer.
3: I gotta see, like, maybe, like, which is watched mm. like least by the least amount of people. I'm
2: gonna
1: pick Visitor Q by Takashi Miike. All right, that's, that's actually. That's, I, I don't know that we've had any Takashi Mikes going in there, which is weird because he's made like a million movies. Yeah, this made... week <laughs> <laughs> he makes like twelve a year. he's like there's, like the uh, like textbook prolific. Visitor You
2: is, like, is a TV movie, so yeah. Okay.
3: Okay. I think I'm going to go with Buffaloed, which is a 2019 movie starring Zoe Dutch. Is that how you say Dutch?
2: Dutch. I don't know.
3: I thought it was a very, it's not like anything super fantastic. But it was one of those movies that was, like, surprisingly really good. refreshing. Yeah, it was, like, a refresh. And it's really short. It's, like, 88 minutes. It's not even an hour and a half.
2: I saw, I don't know, like, 150 to 200 movies released in 2019 as part of, you know, movie criticism. And when you watch movies, like, so many movies coming out so close together, you kind of see the patterns. And they all kind of just blend in at some point. And this one stood out. Not because it's amazing, but it was refreshing.
1: So that's a good yeah. pick.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed
1: right. it.
3: It's pretty quick too.
1: And then how do how do you spell that buffaloed? Like B
3: U F F A L O E D. Okay,
1: I, I was thinking B- there was like an apostrophe in there or something, like bu- buffalo apostrophe D or something. But maybe I'm thinking gridlocked with uh, <laughs> <laughs> was it Tupac and Tim uh, Tim Roth or something like that?
3: Yeah. But it was good. I liked that one a yeah.
1: lot. So, But it was, it was great talking to you guys again. Great having you on. No, and no, we'll have you. to do this again real soon. Yeah. And thank you much.
4: So with our new format, we are going to be doing uh, small reviews on the Hodgepod. And this is one of the first ones I'm doing. And that is Etheria Film Night or Film Festival 2022. This will be my third one. Uh, and it is on Shudder. And for the last three years, it's been on Shudder as well. Uh, Theory Film Festival or Theory Film Night, it's a collection of shorts, all directed by uh, women filmmakers, usually horror, but sometimes it's also sci-fi or uh, various other kind of genre uh, shorts. But generally, they kind of lean towards the, the horrific uh, to some degree. Um in uh, past years, this has been really great. And this year is no exception. Uh, all of the shorts together only maybe about two, not quite two hours. There are seven shorts on the Ethereum Film Night 2022. Once again, this is on Shutter, And if it's like last year or the last couple of years, it'll be on Shutter for a limited period of time and then they'll pull it. So if you want to find the shorts, you may have to go to other sources individually to find them. Uh, I'm just going to highlight a few of my favorites, uh, probably my favorite three or four out of here. Although I would say all are at least good, if not pretty great. Uh, And pretty much every year has been very similar to that. They've all been uh, pretty solid. But uh, this year I have a few uh, standouts, in my opinion. Um, The first one I would like to highlight is called um, Dana. And it's uh, by Lucia Fornia, Forner Segara. Uh, I'm not sure what country it's from. Uh, it seems like they're speaking Spanish. Uh, I think South or Central America, possibly Mexico. I'm not. I did not look up. Do my due diligence on this, but uh, pretty great short. Uh, this might be hmm, probably tied for my favorite of the of the whole f- set. Uh, and it stars a young woman uh, actually named Diana. And she is on her way home from, I think, a bar and a man asks to get a light from her, uh, immediately starts assaulting her. She fights back and eventually kills him and then runs off into the night and goes home. Uh, she is traumatized for days, kind of secluded in her house. And then... She's listening to the radio and she's hearing news reports about the person that she had killed. Uh it's an unsolved murder as far as or defensive murder I guess but an unsolved murder on her part. Uh no one knows that she did it. Uh and then she hears the story about the man that she had killed and that leads to the rest of the story. It's really good. Uh, like all of these, they're short. Nothing's longer than 15 or 20 minutes. I think on this whole set, uh, this one is really good. I liked it quite a bit stylish and it's really energetic. Um, pretty cool. Uh, the second one that I really like, probably my mo- second most favorite is Freya. F R E Y A Freya directed by Camille Hollett French. Um, this is this, alone could have been an episode or a segment on Black Mirror. It's not quite long enough. I think most of those tend to be about 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes, and some of them are up to an hour. So maybe that kept it out of there, but this could totally be a Black Mirror kind of episode. And it's got a lot of humor and then it eventually gets darker, but it's it's really playing with the idea of these um, home assistant kind of devices, you know, the Alexas or the Google whatever they're called in everyone's house freya is the one in this uh but a little differently it's kind of more tied into a somewhat more authoritarian kind of government where it's all for our own good and very quickly you start to see how this plays out you know where it'll just tell her things like uh whatever she wants to know or she can order food or in one case, she's kind of feeling lonely. So she orders a guy to come to her place. uh, She can kind of shows the the menus she can scroll through and it talks to her. But other things it does is it'll do things like um, she goes to the bathroom in the morning and it will, it will tell her immediately her feedback on her, you know, her actual chemical state uh, for the day, you know, you are dehydrated, you need this much more water, you are showing signs of uh, obesity, it starts to tell her how her weight is affecting, you know, how her weight isn't optimal. So there's a lot of interesting kind of um, social engineering built into this. And there is a change that happens to her, which really calls into Uh, calls into how to use this Freya and how it kind of affects her. Like I said, once again, there's a great social satire in here, a lot of commentary kind of about the nature of society right now, but it's also got a lot of humor. So this one's a very, very easy watch. And I think really, really quite good. This one in Dana would be at my top two. A couple more that I say, check out. Um, One of them is great and it's called come fuck my robot. uh, And it's, directed by Mercedes Bryce Morgan. And this one is spectacular. It starts out with a, just like one ad in like a kind of a Craigslist kind of ad, right? And it says based on a real ad, who knows if it is. But basically the title is what the ad says, this guy has developed this robot. He wants to test it out. He says, I'll pay you 50 bucks if you come and try it out and uh, rate, rate how it works. And things don't go as the inventor planned exactly. Um, once again, this has a ton of humor, but it's also got some pathos to it. A uh, very quick watch uh, and a lot of fun. And then I think the other, the final one that I would suggest, although I like a lot of them, the final one I would suggest, probably the creepiest of the bunch that I saw was The Familiars. The Familiars is directed by Millie Malcolm. Uh, and it starts out kind of in like uh, like early colonial times, you know, like Salem witch trial kind of times or whatever. And you see a bunch of, of people standing around a woman who's just got hung. Uh, they cut her down, they cut off a lock of her hair, and then it cuts to current times. And there's two young girls and they're living in their house. And in a room, there seems to be their grandmother. And you're not sure what's going on, if their grandmother is sick or what's going on. And then their mother is tending to the grandmother and talking to them. And slowly you find out that the mother kind of lets lets out to us and to the kids that they're um, of a continuous long generation of women who have been charged or actually practiced, practicing witchcraft, hard to say, but that lock of hair that we saw early on has been passed down all the way to this generation. And you will see how that plays out in the story. And there's some really great mystery and great creepy elements to this. I think it has a very, very cool atmosphere to it. Uh, once again, those are the four that I would say I would highlight as my favorites from the bunch, but watch the whole bunch. It's really good. And uh, let me know, or let us know what you think of the Etheria film festival, 2022 on shutter.